Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Tuesday, November 14th. I'm actually recording this near midnight West Coast time. And on today's podcast, we are talking about the Wednesday, November 15th NBA gambling slate. We're going to get into best bets and explain the handicap behind all of them. I'm the type to get shit done. You're the type to observe. March Madness on my speakers, but today's November 23rd. Cause something loud in the blunt, yeah. I don't say what I want, yeah. Probably somewhere sunny and tan. Foreign women in the sun, yeah. This all that I need. This all that I need. This all that I need. Come my brothers with me. Come my brothers with me and my mama's healthy. This all that I need. All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Like I said, today we are covering the Wednesday, November 15th NBA gambling slate. We are going to go through all of my best bets, go through the unit exposure, and go behind the curtain of the handicapping process and why these were determined to be best bets. Before we get started on that, let me remind you guys to follow me on all my socials at FiddlesPicks on Twitter, the FiddlesPicks.substack.com newsletter. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this to. And if you're watching this on the Fantasy Basketball International YouTube channel, which is probably where I recommend watching these episodes. So I'm going to start sharing my screen and showing you things as I go through them. Then make sure to like, comment, subscribe to that YouTube channel as well. And then last thing, every Wednesday throughout the NBA season, I am running a private DraftKings DFS contest. I will put that link in the description of the show to join our private DraftKings NBA DFS league. There is a contest that runs every Wednesday. It is simply a dollar or two on the Wednesdays that you want to join. So join the league in the link below and you have access to the active contest that is happening today. It is a $2 contest and there will be two winners taken home the big bucks. Big bucks. All right, let's get into this slate breakdown. I'm going to share my screen, which is going to be the FanDuel odds page as we bring up this uh, Wednesday, November 15th gambling board. And I'm going to go through all of my best bets. I have them highlighted here on the page. I have them selected, rather. And although these aren't the exact odds that I got, I'm going to just use this board to work through chronologically through the bets that we have. I will tell you the numbers that I have and maybe the best places where you can still find them and go behind the curtain as to why I took these bets and then give you guys the handicapping process behind it all. Uh, This starts right at the top of the board with the Washington Wizards plus 5.5 versus Dallas Mavericks at home. Now, the Mavericks, let's start understanding the rest and the travel implications behind this game. The Mavericks are on the second leg of a back-to-back in which they are the road team and traveling. They are also coming off playing three games in the last four days. So now this line being priced around five and a half as the Mavericks have been so good this season. Luka's on an MVP campaign. Kyrie looks like a nice compliment to him. The role players are really in conjunction. Jason Kidd, probably not going to be first coach fired like many people thought about. The Mavericks are absolutely rolling. And this line really makes me question, are we going to have Luka or Kyrie actually rest? So the Celtics are minus four on the road at Philly. 
The Bucks are minus four and a half on the road versus the Raptors. Philly and the Raptors are both pretty strong teams. The Washington Wizards suck, and the Mavericks are freaking good. So this line makes no sense to me. It very much feels like we're in no man's land between being uncertain as to are Kyrie and Luka both going to be active and this line moves to seven and a half, eight, or are Kyrie or Luka both going to be inactive and this line becomes nearly a pick or is one of them active and it kind of hovers around where it is right now? There is no degree of certainty unless you have some inside scoop to bet this spread right now. But the way to play this for me was to play the under. I felt like we could correlate what we're seeing in the spread with an opinion on the total. That would be the strategy aspect I'm going to explain to you behind this is correlating degrees of certainty of movement and how you're seeing a uh, spread and a total affect one another. So if we are expecting or assuming that there's a chance one of these stars is going to be out, I just explained how we might see the spread move. Now let's apply those same principles to the total. If Kyrie or Luka ends up missing this game, this line in the total drops. If Kyrie and Luka are both active for this game, I don't really know if I see this going up to 244. There feels like there's a lot of room for this line to move south and very little room for this line to move north towards the over. So that makes me have a strong degree of certainty that there is one-sided movement available on the board and that I should grab the under 243. This is the opening line. It is minus 110. We will see how the rest of the board plays out, but a lot of this is going to be based on how shoot-around goes tomorrow morning or midday in Washington, in the nation's capital. So let me explain one more point, and that's how you would anticipate a buyback in this spot. So the way that I'd be playing this is if Kyrie is the one that misses the game, that is the best possible option as someone who's backing a Mavericks under. When Kyrie gets the ball, he pushes the pace. When Luka gets the ball, he plays mighty efficient, but he plays slower. Luka is generally an under player. We generally see when Luka sits, actually like the the, the line moves south, but the game totals actually go north. So that might be a situation to capitalize on. If Kyrie is the person that is out, you let this ticket ride. I probably won't entertain a buyback if he's the one that's out because I'm going to feel so confident that this game is going to go under without Kyrie Irving. If Luka is out going to what I just spoke about and Kyrie's playing, then I think the Mavericks might be running and gunning. And I think the line would react to having a big name like Luka Doncic out, but I'm not sure if the game script would react accordingly too. So given that news, I would eventually plan on playing the buyback. I still think if Luka's going to be out, this line drops four points in the total and opens up a really nice opportunity to play like an eventual over 239. So I like the under 243 as my first best bet on the board. Let's go over to the Celtics versus the 76ers and notice that I highlighted both of these money lines. Now, I tweeted about 30 minutes ago before I started recording this podcast that I actually saw the 
Celtics money line at minus 148 and the 76ers money line at plus 150 on one on FanDuel and one on DraftKings. I don't really remember which right now. I think FanDuel was the minus 148 Celtics. Um, so, is it? Let me check real quick. It's going to bother me. FanDuel had the plus 150 on the 76ers line, and DraftKings had the minus 148 on the Celtics money line. So I took them both. I took screenshots and tweeted it out. That is what we call an arbitrage. In the world of so many people putting their picks on Twitter and calling them the five-unit lock of the day, this is actually a lock. There is no way that you are losing money by betting a minus 148 on one side and a plus 150 on the other side of a direct NBA money line. You automatically win. That is what's called an arbitrage. And when you see these situations pop up, they do not last long. The lines moved within 10 minutes. It was gone. So make sure you take it immediately and make sure you bet pretty much as much as you can into it. Now, the difference of getting two cents on the dollar is not going to be much in terms of an arbitrage, but it's still freaking worth it. You absolutely do it. I'm not going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and not count these on my inevitable stats uh, because it's going to be so minimal. However, you do it when you see it because I am going to be increasing money in my bankroll. So stats are are meaningless what i actually care about is the motherfucking bankroll and because of what i did here it's going to go up uh let's talk about the bucks versus raptors total over 226 was the line that i got let me see if it is 226 anywhere on the board there is 226 and a half available at caesars and actually right now Circa, which is a very sharp book, just moved up to 227 and a half. So this makes me feel very good about seeing a 227 here and very good about having a 226 already in my ticket. Now, the reason why I did this was because I noticed it seemed like the early sharp side was the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, we've learned a few things about both of these teams this season. We've learned the Milwaukee Bucks suck at defense. We've learned the Toronto Raptors are actually quite impressive defensively. But if we go one step further, we know Dame Lillard is off the injury report and going to be active for this game, who's an absolute sieve defensively and an absolute superstar offensively. Dame Lillard is like one of the most over players in the league you could possibly imagine. Dame, Trey, John Morant. These guys are over players. Kyrie, over players. OG Ananobi, on the other hand, is one of the best defensive wings in the league. He's actually going to be out for the Raptors side. So seeing some like early steam coming on the Bucks and knowing the narrative around these two teams, my thought was I want the over in this game. That presents the most value. If this seems like it's going to be a Bucks spot, I don't know how comfortable I am with backing the Bucks. But I am comfortable backing the idea that the Bucs have a really strong offense and a really weak defense. And the net result of that is the basket going through the hoop. So I like the Bucks raptors over. And I think if you're playing in that DFS league that I talked about, a little sneaky to include Giannis or Dame in your lineup or a little Dennis Schroeder possibly in line for a nice big game. Let's talk about the Knicks 
versus the Hawks. Shout out to Trey Young. Let's give him a quick congratulations. Trey Young had a child, I think, uh, today, Tuesday. It's still Tuesday where I am. Uh, and he missed the Pistons game. Hawks still won and covered. So he definitely is uncertain for his status at home in Atlanta. I don't know. I don't have a kid. I have a, I have a dog of a daughter. Uh, not quite the same. I don't know if he's going to be active and playing the next day. It is a home game, so at least he's going to most likely be in the area. I assume that's where uh, the mother of his child, I don't know if he's married or whatever, had the kid. Um, But let's talk about this Knicks spread, and let's use some gambling math, some key numbers, and let's explain why I liked the bet, but I only liked the bet enough to put a three-quarters of a unit sprinkle on it And it is because the relative importance of the key numbers and the strength of the cap. First, the strength of the cap directly correlates to what I just talked about with Trey Young. He very well might end up playing, and this line might end up being Hawks minus three. I totally understand that. The other way to say that is I was reading the market. I was line shopping. I saw the the Knicks were a plus 1.5, minus 110. It was actually at FanDuel previously, line move. And at DraftKings, the Knicks were plus 1 at minus 115. So DraftKings had already moved the line from 1.5 to 1 and were juicing the Knicks' side. Meanwhile, I could get an extra half a point and pay less for it at FanDuel. I clearly went ahead and did that but I only sprinkled it because I was playing in the direction of the early sharp movement and the smart capping. However, I understood the uh, the kind of unknown and, and not high degree of certainty as to which way the line was going to move. And then I also know when I talk about key numbers in the NBA, I talk about seven. I talk about five. I talk about six. I talk about eight. Those are the four most important numbers in the NBA. And occasionally I'll sprinkle around this tidbit that one is the 11th most common outcome in NBA games and occurs 4.11% of the time. So the getting the plus 1.5, and of course a tie is simply impossible in the NBA. We'll go double OT, triple OT, someone duke it out, find a winner. The tie is impossible. The one is not that frequent. So if you're going to be gaining movement from a plus 1.5, maybe to a plus 1, to a pick em, to a minus 1, that type of situation. Hold on. We're going to bet Sacramento Kings. Hold on, I'm going to pause this podcast right now. I'll, do, I'll deal with this in one second. All right, I'm back. I just bet the Kings plus 1 right here at FanDuel. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, where were we talking about this Knicks plus one and the relative key numbers, I believe. And the idea that we were talking about is that one occurs 4.11% of the times. It is the 11th most common outcome in NBA games. So when you are going to acquire a movement through this number, it inherently is less valuable. Now I'm going to throw some serious egg wash on that in about two seconds because I just bet this plus one Kings pretty hard. That's a different uh, degree of certainty that we will talk about in a, in a moment. Chicago Bulls minus two is going to get a lengthy discussion. The line that I got was actually minus three. So I am behind the CLV here. I have negative CLV and I've lost value. However, 
still kind of like my bulls minus three and i kind of still think it's going to close right around there if not at 3.5 uh what happened was this line opened at bulls minus 2.5 those were swept up really quick by the sharps line was pushed out to minus three there was really strong splits backing the chicago bulls and so i took them at minus three i'd sent it out and tweeted it out then I go for a nice workout. I'm running on the elliptical. I'm lifting weights and doing my push-ups. I mean, you guys can see I'm looking pretty sh- properly jocked. And uh, I come back, and DeMar DeRozan is going to be out with personal issues. Now, first off, shouts out to DeMar. I hope he's okay. I hope everything's all good and well. Uh, the line ends up moving a point against me and coming back to Bulls minus two. And I'm caught in this situation where I want to explain to you guys what to do when the line is actually moving against you. Sorry about that. I was muted for a second. Now I'm unmuted. Hopefully that doesn't screw everyone up too much. Uh, I had to pause real quick because my computer was going to die. And then jump back on. And I think I'm going to pick up right where I left off, which is talking about this Orlando Magic Chicago Bulls game and how to handle a situation when the uh, line starts to move against you. Because this was a, like I was just talking about, situation where I bet the minus three and then. DeMar DeRozan was actually listed as out with personal news. And I'm going to explain how you handle a situation where there's a news break that starts to work against you. And then which stages you start to catch it at and what are your options and how do you prefer to do those things? So when I originally grabbed this game, it was a 2.5 opening line. I grabbed a three and there was instantly minus 3.5s on the board very quickly after. Now, if you happen to see the DeMar DeRozan injury update before the line moves and it is still at a 3.5, you have two options. You can either take the plus 3.5 and start to open yourself a positive middle. I mean, it's only half a point of a hook and and you're not going to put yourself in a win both position, but you could put yourself in a tie one, win one, and you cannot possibly lose both. So opening up a nice positive middle would be one way to go about this because you see it's probably going to start working in the other direction. So can I catch it quickly enough with plus CLV to open up a middle that's worth it? In this case, threes, 3.5s, probably no. Uh, It is the best possible option when you do have that choice of getting like a nice size middle. Uh, And then when you do that, you could either do it for a fraction of the original bet the entire original bet or more than the original bet and you're simply flipping your position and exposure while still having this positive middle. If the middle is not worth it, which this might be one of those situations, the next question you ask yourself is, can I cash out equal value? This occurs when the line has not moved 
and you place that bet on FanDuel or PointsBet. Those are the two sports books that allow a free money cash out. So this is why when lines are the same everywhere, we place them at FanDuel or PointsBet as our preferred options because you maintain flexibility if you get a random news drop like DeMar DeRozan is going to miss the game with personal reasons. So best option is a positive middle. Second best option is a free money, equal money cash out. You are getting 100% of your bet wager back. There is no reduction or loss. Third best option is maybe it's still at equal value. Can you just hedge the other side directly and eat the VIG? Eat the juice, take some loss. It's going to be fractions of a unit. If you have this bulls minus three and you played it for a unit and a half like I did, and then you could take magic plus three, also, for a unit and a half, you are working completely off that ticket with a direct hedge, and you're eating 0.15 units of VIG tax. Now, when you get into a situation like this where you thought you took a nice bet, a news break works against you, and you can just get off of it by taking 0.15 units, not even a quarter of a unit, then you do it. Then, like, you just do it. You say, okay, shitty situation. Bad news break. I did not expect personal news to pop up. I checked the injury reports prior. I would check the, the Bulls beat writer. We didn't know that was coming. Who Maybe even DeMar didn't know that was coming. We don't really know what's happening with that situation. So again, best possible option, positive middle. Second best possible option, completely equal money cash out. Third best possible option, direct hedge with the, the at a big tax. And fourth, when the line has moved against you, like we see it right here with the Bulls minus two, even though I got a Bulls minus three, we're not in a position where there's a big enough reverse middle or a Polish middle where I could actually lose both. But there is situations where I don't win either. So I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm then taking the plus two and just hoping that this game doesn't land on two or three. It's priced at two or three. There's a bigger chance than normal it's going to land on those spots. These markets are sharp. To be doing that would be pretty stupid. Um, so what I do at that point is you just let minus three ride. You just say, I hope Zach Levine takes over this game. I hope Vooch goes revenge game against the against the Magic. The Magic are also on the road, second leg of a back-to-back really injured themselves. They were just in Brooklyn in New York City, and now they go to Chicago. I mean, I'm going to let you guys connect the dots of a of a concern of how a young team might spend their time when they're not on the court, bouncing between New York City and Chicago. I mean, you might just come into this game a little more tired than you would normally expect. So I think the Bulls I actually think this line works back up to a minus three or minus 3.5. And if it does, I'll probably bring down my exposure. But honestly, I, I still feel kind of confident in this one. This one actually reminds me a lot of the Trey Young news break that we got. I think I explained this while I was recording earlier. Trey Young has a baby. Line moves harshly against him at the news break. We end up getting sharp steam back on them. The ticket still closes with positive CLV for my original bet position, and the Hawks still win and cover. So I would not be surprised if the Bulls start getting steam again. It closes at 3.5. I do obtain CLV, and I end up with a, with a win and a cover. Uh, 
if that happens, I'll probably reduce my exposure half a unit and work off at a partial fraction just because you don't want to be in for a bigger than normal bet when this happens against you. It's a shit situation to be in. But I'm not going to overreact and then do something stupid. I'm not going to stack stupid decisions on top of each other because I got unfortunate with that break. Hold on, let me let my dog in. So many breaks this podcast. I apologize. Not getting the flow. Um, the next one that's worth talking about is Minnesota Timberwolves Phoenix Suns. It appears like the Phoenix Suns might be fully healthy. We have Bradley Beal expected to play. We have Kevin Durant not even on the injury report. We have Devin Booker listed as probable. So are we going to get the three studs playing for Phoenix? On the flip side of that, this New Orleans, I mean, this Minnesota Timberwolves are just coming off of a they're also three games in four days. They're also in the second leg of a back-to-back road doubleheader. They played the Warriors in night one. They end up having a late fourth quarter comeback. Steph Curry was out. They probably would have gotten smacked otherwise. Draymond got ejected. Uh, it was it was madness. Regardless, Towns, Gobert, Ant, Conley, they all still played north of like 32 minutes. So I wouldn't be surprised if three games in four days and multiple road trips, we end up getting reduced minutes or potentially resting Timberwolves. Timberwolves are generally young and a healthy team that don't have those guys that rest. But given how much their workload has been, how difficult this travel spot is, and then in conjunction with the Suns coming to be finally fully healthy, I do expect we get all of those guys participating in shoot around tomorrow morning. And this line starts to push out and Suns get some value. I took this at the money line of minus 220. It's now at minus 235. So some inklings of some nice positive direction. It actually went out to 255 and then has come back a little bit. I'm not overly concerned. I think this still goes back out further towards the Suns. The reason why I played the money line instead of the six. Now, I normally... We'll always play the spread. I like to take the line closest to plus or minus 100 because then you are paying the least in in vig in juice. You're paying. You have the the most close to 50 50 implied probability, and your hit rate needs to be lower to then break even or be profitable. So when you're taking these minus 220 lines, I mean. It, a minus 220 line has a 68.75% implied probability, meaning that's the hit rate needed to be profitable or break even long term. So you have to have a high degree of confidence in these bets. But the reason why I did that is one, because it's already in key number zone, right? This is like smack in the middle of the seven and the five, the two most common outcomes. It's on the six, which is the third most common outcome. And it's right at that spot of like, How is late game fouling potentially going to be handled, backdoor cover, so on and so forth. And then the reason to put this over the edge for me in this particular spot. I mean, Phoenix Suns have amazing free throw shooters in their top three. So missing late game free throws is not my concern. My concern is their general lack of a point guard. Devin Booker probably going to be the point guard, and he's talked about late game decision making being a a focus for him. But the game does tighten up, close games in the fourth quarters. And if you're lacking that veteran point guard experience that they had in Chris Paul the last few years, you would expect some road bumps. So I'm just a little bit concerned that they actually cover the six. I think they might blow them out. All right. I think they might gain a lot if we get some Minnesota rest situations coming off of a 
back-to-back road trip, playing tons of minutes on a on like a great hot streak. I don't know if you want to send them into this daunting situation going against finally a healthy Phoenix Suns. Although knowing the Timberwolves cast, they're probably going to be up and want that challenge. I played the Suns at minus uh, 220. I also originally took the under 227.5. You could see it still here, 227.5. I simply cashed out full money, even value. Uh, talked about that earlier. That's one of the things that I like. If I'm going to back a favorite, I don't like to back an under. If I'm going to get Beal and Booker and KD all playing again, they might just score Looney Tunes. If we, if we do get rest situations coming on the Timberwolves side, it might be some of their main defensive forces, and it might create a lot more scoring. So I wanted to stay away from the under. It has trended clearly under. It has trended from 230 as the opening line to 227.5. I think there's a few 228s on the board and some 227s still there. So kind of settling around this number at 227.5, I just worked off of it. I'd rather play the money line. Sacramento Kings is the one that I paused the pod for earlier because we're coming off a game where we know the Lakers just played against the Memphis Grizzlies. They're on the second leg of a back-to-back. LeBron was questionable all day. He ended up playing. Uh, Anthony Davis probably going to be questionable again tomorrow. And then the reason why I freaked out was because I saw uh, FanDuel open it at plus one. And then I saw other sites start opening this at Kings minus one and a half. So that's a big enough difference to just jump on it right away. Given that I already spoke about how kind of not important the one is, I actually ended up... uh, only playing two units. I said you could hit this really hard. Normally when I do that, it's a three-unit max, or I'll, I'll, I'll just absolutely slam it for 10 units and then 100% plan a buyback of seven units so that I still have a three-unit max tilted in the position that I want. This one, I said you could go bigger. The choice for me was two units because it's still not that important of a number, and there's still, you know, if LeBron and AD do end up playing, maybe it comes back the other way. I think there's a high chance that they rest. We're seeing the splits 53% of money, 69, 53% of the bets, 69% of the money on the Sacramento Kings. So it's shaping up to be a clear, sharp side. We know De'Aaron Fox is back. We also know that these Kings just play so fast and score so much. That's generally what this Lakers team has had trouble with. If we look back at this Hawks-Knicks core, the Hawks have actually played the Knicks really well, and we're back in the Knicks here. So through not important key numbers, so and less certainty with the Trey Young news. This is like the opposite. Kings play them better. More degree of certainty of which way this might go. Not fully. But also, I just felt more confident in that you could play, given that there was already minus one and a half on the board. Bigger movement in the line shopping. When we were talking about the Knicks, we were talking about the difference between a plus one and a half and a plus one juiced to minus 115. This is the difference between getting a plus one and a minus one and a half. Those minus one and a halfs have come down to minus one. Uh, I still think this is a complete no man's zone where I'd rather back the Sacramento Kings. And the last one that I'm going to talk about, damn near have a bet on every game. I think we do. That's what a slate breakdown's for. It gets me high volume because I'm studying the shit out of these lines. The last one is Cleveland Cavaliers, Portland Trailblazers. I got the under at 222. It is now at 221. Uh, This was also for a unit and a half. 
We have Barland going to be out for this game. We have a plethora of injuries on the Trailblazers side. Uh, Trailblazers, with this plethora of injuries, have been playing slower and through DeAndre Ayton. Cavaliers play their two main bigs. When they don't have Garland, they play a lot slower. The Cleveland does have these random nights where they just go lights out from three, so I hope I'm not catching the bad end with this one. Portland does close out on shooters. Shout out from Matisse. That's like the one thing he's good at. So I did like the under in this spot. I have nice one point of CLV, and there are 20 and 20.5s, two 20.5s already popping up on the board. So let's go through this one more time. Got the under 243 on this Mavericks-Wizards game. I'm expecting some rest situations. That is a one-unit play. Uh, this is the Celtics 76ers game in which I arbitraged it. And I'm not going to count in any stats because it was a two-cent difference and it's going to be so minimal for what my winnings are. But if you could win a slice of pizza, you win a slice of pizza. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors. I'm on the over at 226 for a full unit. I'm on the Knicks plus 1.5 for three quarters of a unit. The worst bet that I made so far is on the Chicago Bulls minus three for one and a half units. I don't recommend tailing it to that degree. I'm actually okay tailing it three quarters of a unit or one full unit on the Chicago Bulls minus two because it's still like the line. I have one unit to bring home a little less than half a unit of return on the Phoenix Suns minus 220 money line. And I have two units, Sacramento Kings plus one and 1.5 units on the Portland Trailblazers, Cleveland Cavaliers under. It looks like I'm in good positions today to gain a little bit of CLV. Uh, Probably not drastic movements coming off the board unless we get some breaking injury news that we didn't expect. Make sure you're constantly plugged in to my Twitter and to the board and just understand what's happening. Be tuned in tomorrow at Shootaround in a few hours. Today now at Shootaround. Be tuned in to the beat writers of the specific teams that you are betting on for potentially breaking news. Be aware of how the rest of the board and the lines are moving around these important you know, shoot around times, warm up times. Like we start to learn things. We start to see some sharp action. We start to see the limits at these books start to increase. So people can get more money down, which means some bigger betters start to come into the market. We really like to trust those people who are putting down tons of money and starting to max out some 30K bets at Circa. And for those reasons, we will stay aware of how this board goes. But for now, that is the spot that we are in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you follow me on all socials, and I hope you come play in the DraftKings DFS League that we have tonight. Come take me on. Give you a little hint. I'm probably playing Dennis Schroeder. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Follow the FBI podcast and all their stuff as well. And as always, peace out. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.